0: And this was just, like, had you ever met this person before? Was he just a fan of
1: S? Like, what was the situation? He was a fan of S. I, f- I had met him before, and he was at our New York show. He was at, at one of the CMJ shows. You know, and he was he was a scientist. And he was, like, he said to us... I'm going to regret it for a week if I call into work tomorrow, but I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life if I don't drive my favorite band to their next show. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so cool.
0: You are listening to the Sub Pop Podcast, Episode 8. I am Arwen Nix here with Sub Pop Zone Five Feet of Fury. Oh, God. <laughs> Alyssa Hatkins. <laughs> hey Alyssa. um
2: hello hi (laughs) you're so red (laughs) oh no i'm gonna hear that so much (laughs) you're welcome
0: so you just (laughs) heard from jen champion (laughs) of s talking about being on tour and when they were touring the east coast recently last year they uh their van broke down
2: it really did
0: yeah and they had to hitchhike from New York down the East Coast (laughs) while they were waiting, while their drummer stayed in New York, their drummer Zach stayed in New York waiting for the van to get fixed. And they just would go on stage and be like, um, we're us and we need a ride (laughs) and a place to sleep. And their fans took care of them. It was incredible.
2: Yeah. Arwen was telling me about this in real time as it was happening and I I still couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was a little frantic. What do you mean, where are they? (laughs) Who drove them where? It totally worked out. I mean, clearly not as planned. Right. But through the kindness of strangers and yeah, yeah. friends. And Jen was on
0: tour. So she's with uh, Carrie Murphy, who plays guitar and S. And Stacey Peck was playing bass and keyboards. And Stacy's really good at asking people for things. She's like a very strong, outgoing personality and just really charming. And Jen... I think it's really charming, but she's also much more of an introvert. So for her to get up there and ask for something, like, was really hard. And she kept saying, like, well, like, Stacy would just, like, mention it and be like, right, Jen, we have a problem. What's the problem? <laughs> and Jen would just have to be like, "Uh, we need a ride. But I'm sure they would want me to say extra thank you to all the fans that helped them out and got them from state to state.
2: Yes, definitely. Yeah. And Jen, we've heard a little bit of previously in the season one of the Sub Hot podcast. I yes. heard her in
0: the trailer. She was in the trailer. She's been like a secret producer, helping us get other people to come on the show, like Ben from Band of Horses.
2: Yes, and Jen and Ben, if you'll stay with us here, <laughs> were in Chris's Weird Seminole Northwest Band. Yes. That was mentioned in Ben's piece and is going to be mentioned today, again today. Later in this piece. But before we get to that,
0: Alyssa, I have a question for you about yeah, Jen. about Jen. Jen Champion. All
2: right, let's answer it. Maybe.
0: So Jen told me that the first time <laughs> she met you was at a party and that you she didn't know it was you.
2: Why didn't she know it was you, Alyssa? Well, we hadn't met before, really, and I might have been wearing a gorilla costume. <laughs> and I might have refused to take off the gorilla mask you might have been
0: smoking through the nostril of the gorilla mask while sitting outside
2: well, <laughs> well all right and Since flirting my with height was mentioned this <laughs> this gorilla costume would have better fit like a six foot three man which made it perfect for me because the only thing funnier than a gorilla costume is a loose fitting gorilla costume loose fur <laughs> baggy fur
0: I just imagine the arms of this like flopping around
2: yeah so of course I'm not going to take off the mask and introduce myself but I did really enjoy talking to Jen (laughs) and a lifelong friendship was born it's true That is true um I didn't remember that until it was recently brought to my reminded to me (laughs) I was like oh yeah that gorilla costume I really miss that thing we're gonna have to get you another gorilla costume I think yes I mean, if maybe if we ever do like a podcast, like live episode, that would probably be the only way I would do a podcast live <laughs> episode.
0: You can remain having some anonymity.
2: I don't. I don't smoke anymore, but I would like sip my water through a straw through the nostril. <laughs> oh, <crap>. of... <laughs> anyway, sorry, Jen. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, that is how I first met Jen, and. She and I, I think it's worth mentioning too, um S is on Hardly Art and it's S, just the letter S. Just the letter S. The most ungooglable band, which, I think we called it.
0: Yes, which is why she made t-shirts with her face that just say ungooglable. Yes,
2: yes. Yeah. And it's yeah, not E S S
0: or anything like nope, that. It's S- just S. Just S. And you should ask her what it stands for. She loves that.
2: Oh well. Sh- <laughs> can you tell us what it stands for? <laughs> it doesn't stand for anything.
0: It's just S <laughs> It's just the letter S. I don't know how that works. I still don't really believe her. We've been dating for a long time, but S. Jen. Gentee champion, woman of mystery. Yeah. So,
2: and of still many mysteries to be revealed because when we were talking about this episode, people who know her quite well were very surprised.
0: Including me. I, I, I pulled Jen aside. We live together. And I pulled her into my office and was like, okay, we're gonna talk for the Sub Pop podcast. I want you to tell me the story about having a hitchhike after your van breaking down at CMJ. And it was awful. She gave me an awful interview and not, it wasn't her fault. It was because I knew the story. And so I'm asking her all these questions and we're both trying to pretend like she hasn't told me the story a bunch (laughs) and she wasn't texting me while it was happening. And I'm trying to like feign surprise and it just didn't work out. And so I just kind of like, you know, I, I tried for like 45 minutes to get a good interview. It wasn't working. We went downstairs and it happened to be the night that Lemmy passed away. And I mentioned, like, oh, Lemmy died. And she says, I was in a movie with Lemmy once. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just like my jaw hit the floor and I was like, back upstairs, champion. We are talking about that. How dare you, madam? <laughs>
2: and Get then, back on mic. Yeah. And then even
0: more secrets were revealed to me, which you will now
1: hear. Let me just tell you, this is a movie about some ladies in a rock and roll band.
0: We rent a big house, the four of us. We
2: live together, we play together. Just think of how tight we get and how quickly. I think the
1: idea sucks. What do you mean? It's perfect. I it just moved to Portland. I didn't have a job. And I can't remember how I heard about they were hiring day extras. So one of the new players from L7 was in it. And... <laughs> like, there were rumors that Lemmy was in it. This generation is full of angst and unknown like, desires. I like your your advice, but I can't understand the word you're saying. Well, that's your problem, isn't it, Chief? They needed people for this party scene. There was like a big house party in the movie. I think it was actually just me and Ben go. Because no one else was like, that's dumb, I don't want to do that but it was like 50 bucks and we just had to like drink stand in the hallway and like drink fake beer all the actors like ran by saying their lines and what I didn't know at the time is in the party scene you have to act like you're partying but you can't make any noise so like you have to pretend there's music on and like you're drinking a beer but it's really like gross water (laughs) like you're having a you're, you're just moving your mouth at another person but you're not really saying anything and they add all the sound in later. I didn't know that at the time. So oh, are you going to go talk to him?
2: I'm afraid he won't remember who
1: I am. What have you got to lose, right? Except maybe your virginity. But anyway, in the movie, these girls live in this house. Of course, they all live in a house together and they're in a rock and roll band. But Lemmy lives in the closet <laughs> and gives them advice when they need it. Does Lemmy play Lemmy? Yeah, Lemmy plays Lemmy. But then they we got asked to come back the next day for the after-party scene, which is pretty much all of Carissa's weird standing in this circle. And all well, these two band, lady ladies in the band get in this big fight. I do remember... In the actual party scene, when we're all partying, fake partying or whatever, one of the characters is like messing around with a football and they decide, like, in the middle of the party scene, like, wait, 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 okay, you. And they're pointing at me and they're like, you get down there and like she's gonna be throwing the football and it's gonna hit you in the face. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like, cool, I guess I got a scene in this movie, whatever, <laughs> you know, but you gotta do that scene like so many times. <laughs> I was like, Ben is just laughing at me, and he don't want to get the, thrown the football at me again. And I was kind of like, that. I don't think that was worth $50. Just while we're on the topic, have you been in any other movies? Um, when I was little, I was in a <laughs> special. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> something you might have watched in school about the desert things you might not know about the desert and I'm 8 and my scene is to be perplexed about if the bus is alive or not cause he says the bus died and I really didn't sell it alive? You said it died, so it must have been alive. I know it moved and it drank gasoline and it made a noise. I don't understand. How can you tell the difference between what is alive and what isn't? with myself
0: I mean did you get
1: negative feedback? no but it was one of those things where like I did not anticipate stage fright I didn't get I knew all my lines but like when it came down to like everyone's filming and it's a bunch of people I don't know like I was literally felt like I was like reading lines off a page (laughs) versus just like saying them I know that sounds silly for a little kid, but I don't think it does. Do you still get staged right now? Not not as much. Uh, it's like two different ways. One is if I am surprised by how many people are at a show. Like if I've been backstage for a while and I come out and there's a lot of people at a show and i like, I'm not prepared for this much attention. Or if it's like there's three people, then I'm like, I am not prepared for this much eye contact. (laughs) You know?
2: How did you find those movies? <laughs> so I still have not seen them, only heard them, and now I must see the actual thing.
0: You can find all of Down and Out with the Dolls, the movie that she was in in Portland, uh, on YouTube. It is there. <laughs> and if you can make it through to the scene where Jen gets hit in the face <laughs> with a football, God bless you. Uh, I didn't.
2: but You didn't? So no, you haven't seen it? I haven't watched all of it. Poor Jen. Oh no, I don't think she'd be mad about it. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, poor Jen getting hit in the face with the football, and then so
0: many times, and sh- it's like a millisecond
2: <laughs> in the background. Yeah, right? so maybe
0: I saw it and I just like missed that part because it was basically nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, and then after that, like the, she told me that there was someone in Tucson who may or may not have gone on to work with puppets might have had a part of it that so really was as
2: much information as she gave you right? yeah
0: and so then I started emailing all of the people in Tucson who call themselves the Tucson puppet lady which believe it or not more than one person <laughs> has that title <laughs> and apparently I was emailing with the wrong Tucson puppet lady but they were the the puppet ladies were all very nice about it and then Jen asked her mom Pam and Pam asked someone else and so on and so forth and they ended up burning a copy of this from VHS to DVD and sending it to us amazing yeah and Jen did tell me just like as of yesterday the only reason I'm letting you play this is because I love you (laughs) and that translates to I need you to stop talking about this (laughs) so there you go now everyone's satisfied thank you
2: but I have her seven-year-old voice stuck in my head now. Isn't that the cutest thing you've ever heard? It really is. Thanks, Jen. Thank Thanks, you. puppet ladies. I don't More understand. One. Also, yes, recording artist, Jen Champion. Oh, yeah. She makes music. It's great. Cool choices. And great videos. Have we talked about that? Oh, she makes great videos. Go watch her dance and get happy about it. Because yeah. it's really good.
0: She Beyonce'd before Beyonce.
2: She did. <laughs>
0: um... Do
2: we have a Megamart ad this week?
0: Oh, Alyssa, we have the ultimate Megamart ad this week. We got an uh, email. We did? Yeah, and he <laughs> we were surprised. <laughs> we were surprised, too. Yay. Someone actually wrote to us, and they had questions, and so we set out to answer the questions. All right. Do you remember the name of the gentleman that wrote in?
3: His name is Vern.
0: Vern, that's right.
3: We're not going to answer all of Vern's questions.
0: But we would like to say, Vern, this Megamart ad is for you. Yeah. You ready, Stuart?
3: But, like, a good piece of advice is never solve the problem you're given to solve.
0: Your idea of good advice is different than mine. (laughs) (laughs) Can we do this? I
3: could explain more, but we got to get to work. Okay. Hey, Stuart. Uh Uh-huh.
0: What is a Loser Edition?
3: Oh boy. It's a limited edition colored vinyl version of one of our records.
0: So why does Sub Pop make Loser Editions?
3: To give something cool and maybe sort of collectible to the fans of our artists or fans of Sub Pop. And just because colored vinyl looks cool and
0: How can you tell it's a Loser Edition?
3: Oh, that is a great question. And I had a whole thing worked out in my head about that already. Great. The Loser Edition has a, every record we put out pretty much has a sticker on the cover and it either says Loser Edition and it's gold. It'll say like Loser Edition colored vinyl or it's kind of a silver sticker, and it probably just says, like, download included. Okay. But other than that, there's not a difference. But if you see in the, in the shops a loser edition and a non-loser edition, look for the badge. And I'm going to make photographs to put on the, the website about that.
0: Subpop.fm?
3: Subpop.fm.
0: So, Stuart, who decides on the color of the records
3: the artist decides along with, you know, under the constraints of what the pressing plant can actually make.
0: So where can you buy loser editions?
3: That's this is my favorite question. You can buy loser editions at the Sub Pop Megamart, megamart.subpop.com, or in stores that we sell directly to, which are so probably not Target, but your local record store very likely buys direct from us or artists can themselves get loser edition copies of their own records so if they're on tour and it's close to maybe when their record has come out you might be in luck
0: so do all records released by Sub Pop get a loser edition
3: pretty much yes for full-length lps that are new records
0: what advice would you give to someone who wants to make sure they get a loser edition?
3: I would say if you are really good friends with your local record store and you know they get loser editions, that's one avenue to go, especially if you have a friend there who can maybe put one aside behind the counter. (laughs) But if you really, really need it, you should order it at megamart.subpop.com.
0: I think this might be the most, like, advertise advertisement we've made.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've been preparing for, like, a week.
0: Thanks, Vern, for writing in. If you have questions about what we sell and when we sell it and why we sell it, we can't guarantee that we'll answer your questions, but we'll probably address them.
3: Especially since not a lot of people are asking questions. (laughs)
2: Questions answered. I guess in this way we can say be like Vern and send us more emails. Yeah, please
0: send us emails. Be like Vern. We don't know what Vern is like in the rest of his life.
2: Yeah, so just in the way of sending emails, be like this guy.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Vern is probably a gold star of a human being. So yeah. thank you, Vern.
2: Yes, thank you. Hopefully we helped. Yeah. Answer. Hopefully. Okay, so up next we have an interview that Arwen did with Kristen Control. Kristen Control, formerly known as Dee Dee from the Dum Dum Girls, also on Sub Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just here visiting Sub Pop offices for her marketing meeting with the sales and marketing staff here at Sub Pop, discussing her upcoming album "Excommunicate," coming out in May 2016.
0: Yeah, this is a new project for her, which yeah. is really exciting. She, uh, when did Sub Pop start,
2: start working with Dum Dum Girls? 2010, and she put out five albums as with Dum Dum Girls. And um, well, she explains why she decided to change from Dum Dum Girls to Kristen Control. Yeah,
0: one thing that I want to mention that we didn't totally get into in the interview is that she's been referred to as DD Penny mm-hmm. so many times, and she was never Dee Penny. Um, she was
2: never DD Penny.
0: No, DD Penny came because one of the first articles that was ever written about the Dum Dum Girls, the author of the article, the reporter. Put in Penny as like a filler last name. Oh, really? Yeah, and it just stuck. No way! I never knew that. Yeah, she never chose that. So it was just kind of like this name that was assigned to her. So when she talks about choosing a new name, and it was like, you can be Dee Dee Penny, or you can be
2: Dum Dum Girls. Like, but that's that writer's name for me. Totally. She was just wow. Dee Dee. Dee
0: Dee Penny was just how she was referred to because you know journalists will read an article and then yeah, yeah. reuse that information.
2: I wonder if I'm the only one on the marketing staff that doesn't know that, but I didn't know that. It was pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. So she goes on to tell you a bunch about this whole process. I think we should just let her say it in our own words, maybe.
0: Here's Kristen. All right. So I, was, I read a bunch of articles, like in interviews that you did, and I found one common thread that I thought was pretty great. Um, you get stoned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, I I wouldn't say I get really stoned a lot, but it's just always been something that was like a part of playing or writing music. And like I said, I don't get like epically stoned at all. In fact, I roll spliffs that would probably not get most people stoned. But my approach is just like a little bit a lot of the time <laughs> <laughs> like i always i always like jokingly say like just enough to make it sparkle you know like whether it's sonically or like the trees look really nice
0: But do you have a practice when it comes to creating your art? Like I, um, I know that you made 62 songs for this record. Yeah,
4: which is not ever how I've worked before. That's not normal. For no, you. that's not normal at all. So um, What was happening? Well, I was writing a lot of really shitty songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Were you? Did you finish
0: 62 songs?
4: Though? i finished probably 50. Wow. You know, oftentimes you'll read interviews with, you know, famous writers, and they're like, oh, well, you have to write every day. Like, you know, I was like a weird goth jock in high school, and like... A weird goth jock? Yeah, well, I was a goth jock, which is by default weird, right? <laughs> um, so, it, you know, I I was very familiar with the concept of practicing, you yeah. know, to, to hone your craft. Um, so I was like, well, I've never actually ever done that with music and that's almost embarrassing to admit. I didn't think what I wanted to do fit into Dum Dum Girls and I didn't want to force it into it. And so that, not that like I care about the outside impression so significantly to you know, force something artificially but it it wasn't artificial. It was like, I can't I just can't do this and I and I don't wanna change like the history of Dumum Girls. You know, it's such a distinct thing and it was so fun and so cool and such a learning process. It was like my first real thing I ever did of my own and, you know, we worked really hard and we made a lot of headway for my <laughs> Uh, what I thought I was doing when I started, which was putting songs on MySpace, like <laughs> before going to my job or something, you know? Um, so it was like, okay, I definitely think that this is something else. This is totally something else. And, and I started feeling like, you know, I've, I've hit the ceiling yeah. with what I can do in this
0: I mean, that kind of speaks situation. to like, the strength of that project of Dum Dum Girls that it has like this specific integrity and like you want to pay respect to that and like totally this is what yeah this is. which is like a funny
4: sort of phrasing of words because you know I, I would talk to various people about it every now and again and they'd be like well you know Dum Dum girls has always been your thing you can make it whatever you want and i was like yes i i acknowledge that but like i get so much like kickback yeah you know like it this would this would be too abrupt, and I don't I don't want to like you said disrespect sort of this institution sure. that that I technically like started the snowball rolling off the mountain, but at a certain point like it kind of was on its own yeah it
0: became its own mountain,
4: yeah. You know, I was sending demos to my manager and my, you know, sort of like executive producer of many years, Richard Goddard, who's been, you know, such a mentor, such like a New York father figure, um, a critic, but like very supportive and enthusiastic and just a wonderful energy to have around consistently in my career. And he was like, these aren't good. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh my God, what did that feel like? Well, I wasn't totally convinced. Like I said, like after having gone to L.A. and been like, oh, cool. I have these like six songs, like let's work on them. And, you know, I remember George being like, well, this one's like pretty good. Like these it's like a little lackluster on the chorus. I'm like, oh, okay, shit. okay." Um, So it wasn't, you know, I was aware that because I was really trying to write outside like my box that it wasn't. Super strong, and that I was going to need to put in the time. So that initial, like, come on, you can do better than this. I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough, I totally can. Back, you know, another month, another whatever, same reaction. He's like, I know what you can do. Like, you can't. Like, this just doesn't. know. <laughs> like, no. And I'm wow. like, oh wow. And it was about that like time. It's like an insulting compliment, where it's like, well, you're yeah, really it talented. wasn't insulting, but it was like. You know, that's what, like, that's what I need him there for. God, if I had recorded those songs and put out that album, like, what a (laughs) joke. Like, not cool. Worst idea ever. And I think about maybe that same week, I went and saw um, Perfume Genius, who I refer to as Perfume Jesus, like, regularly, which I think probably just you know yeah suggests like how highly (laughs) I revere (laughs) (laughs) um and uh this show was mind-blowing um and like having been familiar with his previous work and just really really latching on to his new record and you know how he'd made a pretty significant transition and like um I know he'd he had brought on like one of the guys from Portishead to like supplementally produce and I was just like wow he really sorted his shit out like these songs are incredible the the record is paced so well every song is like articulated just perfectly like it doesn't have too much crap distracting it like his voice and what he's saying is still the driving force and then there's just so many interesting like song to song different sounds happening and it didn't sound at all like oh well now this is his this song it was just like you could hear the little references that as like a music nerd you know like, oh, like I know what he's doing there but like it was <laughs> subtle and it was it was uh, like a, a tool it wasn't like a dominant You know pastiche sort of thing and and his performance was incredible and like the stage was pretty minimal and he had you know a drummer and maybe like a synth player and then someone going between bass and guitar and then just him and he'd he'd go between you know these very sort of intense performative songs to sitting down at the piano and you know playing really delicate beautiful things and I was like oh like Not that I want to do what he's doing, like sonically or whatever, stylistically, but just how he was doing it, how effectively I felt like he was doing it. I had like a total moment of clarity where it was like, I need to find my this. And I saved like the backstage pass and it's on my laptop and I saved my wristband and it's like on my refrigerator and I got like a little (laughs) weird about it. and then it became this <laughs> stupid issue of like okay well if we're going to consider potentially doing it as a solo thing like what are you going to call it because if I came up with an entirely new band name that's even harder to like parlay whatever like history I have into it so I was like okay yeah sure D.D. I was like well shit if that's if it's that or Dum Dum Girls, I'm gonna do that. You know, like, I, I will say that. And so I remember I was sitting at this bar in San Diego called The Whistle Stop, where I used to uh, go, you know, somewhat regularly when I lived there. My friends had would have a DJ night there, like, I don't know, Fridays or Saturday or something. And I'm catching up with an old friend while I'm in the, the you know, area, the smoking area. I'm on my phone and I emailed Jonathan because Tony, or you know, my A&R people were starting to kick back a little strongly, like, just really not feeling like this is gonna be a smart move, like, and if you want to pursue the DD thing, we're gonna have to do some preventative legal stuff and your record's gonna be postponed by at least six months. And I was like, Jesus Jesus Christ. Um, So I'm writing Jonathan, who's always been like, in my corner and I I just love him so much and it blows my mind that like he you know regards me in the same way (laughs) as like you know all the incredible artists like I'm one of his artists it's totally weird um so I'm writing him sort of like hey do you think you could maybe like talk to them and like and he wrote back just being like you know I'm starting to kind of feel similarly and I was the one thing I thought I had in this conversation. So I write back and I'm like, look, you know, if if it's really gonna be this like make or break situation, I concede and I will accept Penny and I will try to like spiritually like, get behind it and have it make sense to me. And while I'm, you know, like rudely writing this email, but it's like feeling very life or death, because mm-hmm. it's like we delivered the music and we have to deliver all the metadata within a week and it's like, what is it even being called? Like, how do we not know this yet? I'm reminiscing with my friend, Mario, who uh, had a DJ night in San Diego when I first moved there in like 2004 with my, uh, at that time, future husband, Brandon, um, called Skull Control after the band. Um, Someone once like made a jab you know, and referred to me as, like, Kristen Control, like I was a groupie or whatever the the thing was. And I, of course, in the moment, initially, I mean, immediately was like, that's such a good name. Like, Kristen (laughs) Control? Like, it looks at that's my punk name, you know? (laughs) Oh, but, you know, I have a band and a different name. And so I'm just sitting there, and we're telling this story and, like, laughing at all our, you know, youthful antics. Shit, like, that might be a cool thing. And, And Mario was like yeah, dude, that's actually really cool. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, that's just, like, so far off. Like, that's completely 180. Yeah. Like, there's no way I can segue a dumb girl, like, in, into that. Like, that's just start, straight up starting over from scratch. But in my email to Jonathan, in the, like, P.S., I was like, or we could call it Chris in control. Like, I don't know. And he immediately wrote back, like, I love it.
2: That was Kristen Control speaking with Arwen. And Arwen, we've heard from both Kristen and Jen now. Who was the one doing yoga during your interview? Because I would guess Jen, (laughs) since you're at home together, comfortable. No. Jen knows better than to try and get
0: me to do yoga. But when we always, so whenever we talk to people, we always ask them to like recommend something to us. And when Kristen was sitting here with me in the murder closet, and I said, recommend something to me, she said, stretching and then she like in this very elegant ballerina-esque way moved her shoulders back and I was like ah I am such a troll (laughs) and so I asked her for some help and she was like oh yeah this is just what you do you just gotta like get into child's pose and she just got up off the stool and like walked a foot away and got into child's pose and showed me how to stretch
2: You would have to be graceful to do that in this room. There's really just only room to do child's pose. And just so you know, Kristen, I've been trying to stretch
0: every day, and I think it's really making a difference. So thanks. Good recommendation. Jen is helping me, so maybe they're both stretchers. Wow. (laughs) This
2: whole episode. I
0: know, full circle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so who who else did we hear from today? What music did we hear?
0: Today on the Sub Pop podcast, you heard music from S... Slater Kinney, Dum Dum Girls, Kristen Control, and of course, Good Enough from Mud Honey.
2: A de facto theme song. I love it. Thanks to Kristen Control and Jen Champion. You guys are really good sports. Yes. And thanks to Vern for your email.
0: Oh, Vern. Be like Vern. We love you,
2: Vern. <laughs> wow, it's good. Vern. <laughs> um Okay, find us at Sub Pop FM and on Twitter and Facebook, the Sub Pop Podcast. Yes, please. Please find (laughs) us. (laughs) So lonely in the murder closet. (laughs) It's lonely down here. And thanks to the Sub Pop Brass, Chris Jacobs, Megan Jasper, Jonathan Foneman. Thanks, guys.
1: It's dead over there.
2: The man told him he didn't know for sure. Maybe a
3: deer that died of thirst, or a coyote that died of old age.
4: All living things will die. It's nature's way.